Blog Talk Radio. Sports fans, it's another Saturday morning. It's Super Bowl weekend, and we're here with a special Super Bowl weekend edition of Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Pollan sitting in the host chair again. And as I say, we got front to back, we're going to be taking care of a lot of business here on the show today. Uh, Super Bowl 52 tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to give you everything you need to know about the matchup. Hunter's going to break down the Eagles, what they have to do to win. And I'm going to present some of those same arguments from the Patriots' point of view. Uh, We're going to have our special Super Bowl edition and the final edition of Thomas Predicts for the Season. And I always hate to kind of say goodbye to the segment. I enjoy the segment. I know Hunter's enjoyed doing the segment uh, this year, but... um, We'll be back again. Don't worry about that. Master Thomas is going to go into his uh, alcohol-induced haze for the next uh, few months until next football season. But we're going to give you our picks against the spread and some of the interesting and uh, kind of fun prop bets that uh, you can add to your uh, add to your fun and and uh, add to your profit margin if you guess right. Uh, also today tonight. The 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame class will be announced, and we're going to look at the 15 finalists, see which five should go in, and we're also going to look at the two senior committee candidates along with the contributor category finalists, and we'll see if they should go into the Hall of Fame for 2018 also. And we're going to also wrap up the show with a story that's pulled some of the focus off the Super Bowl this weekend. But... We'll get to all of that. We are going to get to all of that, and that's a lot to actually fit into this show. Dave Holcomb isn't here today. He's maybe going to call in. We're going to hope that he's able to call in on the Super Bowl segment. But who I do have with me is my co-host, Hunter Hodes. Hunter, what's going on? How are you doing, Tom? It's nice and sunny down here today. Nice and sunny there. It's all cold and cloudy here, and we're supposed to be getting snow all weekend. So I really don't want to get <laughs> You can take your nights yeah. and sunny. and uh... <laughs> it, It's been very cold. We're supposed to get some snow tomorrow, then it changes to rain. Yeah, see? There you go. That's what you get for bragging about how nice and sunny it is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to... Our, invite the audience to join our conversation. Uh, we'll definitely welcome some calls, find out what uh, all of you have to say about the Super Bowl, about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Maybe you have a prediction for uh, uh, tomorrow's game, or maybe you have a prop bet of your own that you want to uh, put on the air. So give us a call, 516 387 
You can also get us on our Twitter handle at WKD Sports Huddle. And the show is brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. Hunter, tomorrow night, it's here. It's finally here. We've been waiting two weeks for it. The Patriots and Eagles kick off at around 6.30 Eastern time from U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. And boy, and before we get into the game, it's been funny because I've been looking at Twitter and all the media people are complaining about how cold it is up there and, and you know, single degree temperatures. And I say, suck it up. You know, you know <laughs> crying out loud, put a coat on, you know, wrap a scarf around yourself, suck it up and, and enjoy the week. But uh, they don't want to get frostbite, you know, Tom. They don't want. They don't want to get frostbite. Oh, that's too bad. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh man, you know they, these these guys. They they just they you know they got it easy. They're covering the Super Bowl for crying out loud. Enjoy it. And I and I heard that U.S. Bank Stadium is supposed to be a suit, uh, great place, great place to watch football and. Uh, it should be a very worthy host for the game. So, you know, you got to put up with a few single-degree temperatures. Well, hey, you know, deal with it. But a couple of things. Bill Belichick is looking to pass Vince Lombardi and George Hallis for most NFL championships as a coach. Uh, of course, Hallis was before the Super Bowl era when there was only the NFL and you had two divisions and you played a championship game. Uh, Lombardi had three NFL championships, two Super Bowls, the first two Super Bowls, and now Bill Belichick has come in with five and looking for his sixth. Uh, I know you don't know who Vince Lombardi, George Hallis are, Hunter, or or have oh. they? Uh, or do you have an idea of of what Belichick is actually trying to achieve here? Vince Lombardi. If if you, if you if anyone does not know who Vince Lombardi is, I think they should just go live under a rock for the rest of their life. There you go. I agree with you. Because as George far as Hallis, I'm concerned, uh, I've heard of him too. I have. Oh, I know who he better. is. Better. He's one of the founders of the NFL. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know who both you, they are. You know, the Lombardi if it were, what's that? The Lombardi Trophy. Who doesn't know who Vince Lombardi is? Oops. Okay. All right. Oh, oh man, Tom, that's insulting. <laughs> well, Hunter, you know sometimes if it happened before you were born, uh, there there are times you just don't know about it, and I I don't know you. You just kill me with this sometimes. You know, movies and TV shows and people that that are well, you know. Well, I can I tell know. you what we're not doing today. Okay. And, and we're, not, we're, we're not doing the Super Bowl shuffle, Tom. We're not doing that. We're not doing the Super Bowl shuffle? Oh, man, no. come on. We are the Bears shuffling crew, shuffling on down. That is the almost awful smack talk. That was the greatest smack talk ever because the Bears did that with four weeks left in the season. They haven't even gotten <laughs> to the playoffs yet. And, and they were smack talking the league. So uh, I I cringed man. watching that that smack talk. 
Oh, Hunter, 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 Hunter. You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. All right. The surprise about this Super Bowl, the surprise about the Eagles being in the Super Bowl is that not that they're there because they were one of the uh, teams that were projected to, to be a contender this year, but that they're there with Nick Foles uh, and needed Nick Foles to get them there. Uh, yeah. Nobody would have surprised if they had, if they were where they are with Carson Wentz. Uh, Foles had the game of his life against the Vikings uh, can he do this again against the Patriots? Uh, I'm going to give you some splits, but what do you have to say about uh, about what Nick Foles has been doing in this playoff? Well, uh, well first, Tom, we should, do you want to sing the Eagles fight song, Fly, Eagles, no. Fly? Uh, okay. No. Oh, man. Uh, so I won't go no. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Okay, I won't. I won't. Okay, I'll stop. Um, <laughs> so the, the Eagles, so yes. It starts out with Nick Foles. Shuffling that down. Oh, no. No, Go ahead. We'll sing sing the Eagles fight song later. Um, um, As Tom said, um, um, two weeks ago, guys, Nick Foles played like a prime Joe Montana for the San Francisco 49ers, and um, he's probably going to have to do that again. the Patriots defense, not nearly as talented as the Vikings, um, but they know how to get off the field. I think they're going to have to force them to take penalties. Um, I've always said I think there's something fishy with how New England doesn't take a lot of penalties and that how oh, the team uh, – Hunter, Hunter, stop what? right there. You're what? actually going to buy into conspiracy theory here. No, no, no. I know. I, I know. I know. I usually – I do not actually believe in conspiracies. I just think it's kind okay. of weird. No. My, my point was I think it's very weird that – there was a stat I saw – their team, each team, like almost every week, play um, gets like a hundred more penalty yards than them, and it's just like it's almost on like on a week to week basis. I don't know. It's just weird. That that's all it is. Um, well, but they do need to force them to take penalties. I don't believe in conspiracies. I never have. I just think it's kind of uh, it's it's odd that it ha- happens that way. All right, but how do you get them to take penalties? What do you how how, how do you do that? Against the, the very disciplined team. Play, Tom. The old Joe Flacco play. The Joe Flacco ah, play. Okay. You heave it up and you you pray for a PI call. Um, uh, you need to force their cornerbacks, you know, to hold on. They have they have some very speedy wide receivers. Torrey Smith, um, Alshon Jeffrey, very fast. You got to force um, Stephon, Stephon Gilmore and Michael Butler to take some pass interference penalties, maybe some holding calls. Um, but also, but, you can't, um, but Stephon Gilmore is good enough to cover without doing all of it. You're talking I, about I, yeah. one of the Hunter. You're talking about one of the smartest teams in the league. I you're know. Talking about know, but... the smartest coach in the league, mm-hmm. uh, a coach who's passed that intelligence down to his assistant coaches, and they mm-hmm. insist that their players be as smart as they are. Uh, you're talking mm-hmm. one of the smartest teams in the league. So, you know, it tell, just saying you gotta you gotta pray for a penalty against these guys. Uh, that, that's not a lot to hang your hat on. It, 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 it's going to be tough to get penalties on them. I think 
it was against the Titans. I think they only had two penalties for 10 yards. It, it's really, it, it's, it's just hard. I think the other thing for the Eagles offense, you got, you got, they got to run the ball. Um, Jay Ajahi's been, they, they've been great. Uh, he's been great since coming over from Miami. Uh, this is a, uh, with Garrett Blunt, this is like a, uh, uh, I wouldn't really call it a revenge game since he uh, he won last year, but um, I think he's going to really want to he's going to really want to beat New England, um, even though he did win with them last year. And um, I think we talked about it on the show before. The Patriots can be ran on. Um, the rushing defense it's not as good as some of the other units, but I think they're going to have to really establish the run to um, try to open up the pass for Nick Foles and try to hit his receivers down the field. Well. Here's what we're looking at. Foles, as I said, had the game of his life versus the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to have to do it again against the Patriots. But look look at some of the splits from Foles' performance against the Vikings. And I know the Vikings have a top defense, but you got versus the Blitz, Foles during his career, his passer rating has been 87.9. Versus the Vikings against the Blitz, it was 142.3. Uh, versus pressure, his career has been 39.3 passer rating. Versus the Vikings, it was 128.3. Uh, third down, passer rating, a 71.3 in his career. Uh, against the Vikings, 158.3. That's a perfect passer rating. Uh, and mm-hmm. passes above 15 yards. Career, 23.8. Against the Vikings, 141.4. I, you're, you're talking about numbers that are in the stratosphere, and again, he did it against an outstanding Vikings defense. But yeah. you know, can you you can't expect that kind of production again out of Vince, uh, out of uh, Nick Foles? It, it would be very, very, very tough for him to even come close to that level against the Vikings. I still don't know how he, he played that way. He, he, like I said, he looked like a prime Joe Montana out there. All right, but if Foles can't come up and even you know you're not going to match it but mm-hmm. if he can't even come close to those numbers how are the eagles going to win this game uh you know well there there's not much else they can do and they don't have yeah. anybody else to go to if he doesn't come close how do they win this game he's gonna have to throw the ball but um, um how are they gonna win the, their defense is gonna have to play out of their mind uh, um, Tom, Tom challenged me, everybody, to uh, look up the Eagles' defense this week and break them down. And um, they, they're definitely one of the better units in football. Um, they allowed 18.4 points per game this year, which is fourth overall in the league. They allowed only 306 yards per game, good for fourth. It's ranked, um, guys, as a top five probably unit in the league throughout the season, and they sure played that way. Um, for total defense, they were ranked second, and which is better than, um, better than Jacksonville. So uh, that that's that's saying something. For their defense, they're gonna they're gonna have to get pressure, and that also starts with Fletcher Cox. Um, he had five and a half sacks with twenty six tackles. Um, he's they're gonna have to really count on him. He, one of the keys, I think, we beat this horse too many times on the show to beating New England is to just always pressure Tom Brady. Uh, um, we've said before, Denver did a great job of it. Um, and a, when it was in Denver in the AFC Championship game, Baltimore did a good job when they beat them a long time, uh, about six years ago. And that's, I think, going to be that one of the big keys for them. Um, they, um, I love their secondary. Um, 
even though their past defense, it was only ranked 17th this season. But, guys, for the record, Pittsburgh's was number five. So it kind of shows that was kind of a mirage. Um, they did trade for Ronald Darby, and uh, he's been much improved since coming back. He had three inter- interceptions this year despite missing um, a handful of games with, I think he had a broken leg. Bro- he broke one of- a bone in his leg, or, or he broke his ankle. Um um, their strong safety, Malcolm Jenkins, he's been in the league for a long time. He's a stud. Um, he had 76 combined tackles with two interceptions. So um, I think those are the two guys to watch out in their secondary. Uh, I think it's a better unit than the Falcons' defense was last year. Please don't jump out to a 23-8-3 lead. But um, I think the Foles, uh, I think they're going to really have to rely on their defense. And uh, it's it's really tough for me to see a path for the Eagles to win this game. Yeah, uh, tough for me, too. Now, Foles has been running a lot of, well, um, the Eagles, and you got to give Doug Peterson credit for this, has mm-hmm. tailored the offense more towards Foles, and I give him a lot of credit, uh, doing a lot of run-pass option, where uh, Foles only has to make one quick read at the line of scrimmage, and uh, quick drop and release. And you're going to see a lot of that um, in this game. So, and I think that's playing the full strength. Uh, also, and another thing, what the Patriots on defense, and everybody talks about Bill Belichick and what he likes to take away from a team. He's going to be taking away Zach Ertz. Um Mm-hmm. Ertz has 39 targets in the final three games playing with Foles and in the in the two playoff games for Foles. So definitely Foles' favorite target. Uh, been taking nearly a quarter of the targets from Foles uh, since Foles has been quarterback. So it, Devin McCourty is going to get a lot of time covering Zach Ertz. And uh, that's going to be one of the key matchups. And Look for, I, even if McCourty needs help, they're going to spend a lot of time on Ertz. And I, I would expect Stephon Gilmore, with his size and strength, is going to match up pretty much man-to-man on Alshon Jeffrey most of the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. there are weapons on offense for the Eagles, but you, you're, you're playing a whole different, uh, you know, you're looking at, Jeffrey is is strong, goes up well, gets the ball. He has strong hands. His t- when he was with the Bears, I always said he had a pair of the strongest hands in the league. But that's why I think Gilmore is going to end up playing him well. Uh, you also look at the Patriots on defense, and this is something they've been doing all year. They give up yardage, and, but you cannot look at yardage. They give up yardage, but yardage does not go up on the scoreboard. All right. Yeah. Um, for every point their opponents score, they averaged 19.8 yards of offense. They need not to gain 19.8 yards to score one point against the Patriots. That's been the average all year. That means the team, on average, needs to drive 138.6 yards to score the equivalent of seven points against the the Patriots defense. This is why the Patriots defense has been so good. Not the fact that, you know, they got a 
a dominant pass rush, not the fact that they, they guys down in the secondary, but they force you to drive the length of the field. They don't give you short fields. They don't make mistakes. Uh, Brady doesn't give you interceptions on his side of the field. And, you know, it, th- that's the problem where – that's where Foles is going to have most of the problem is trying to drive on those long fields against the Patriots' defense. And, you know, it's it's going to be a wonder if, if Aguilar or Jeffrey uh, can get deep enough to be able to uh, – and you were talking about it earlier, you know, Foles throwing the ball up against the, the Patriots' defense and seeing what they can get. That might be his best offensive weapon. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's also, there's Torrey Smith. He's, he's a fast wide receiver too. Um, I think Malcolm Butler can definitely be had. Patriots fans always seem to overrate that guy. I've never been really impressed with him. Uh, Stephen Gilmore is the one I'm always really impressed with. They're going to want, they're going to really, um, I think that the best way I think is really go after Butler, um, whatever he's there. Cause, um, I, I think he's kind of like their one of their weak points on their uh, on the Patriots defense. I really do. I actually really do. But um, it's 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 gonna be another really great matchup that is um, that we don't really talk about much, guys. Uh, Tom Michael Kendricks versus Dion Lewis, and then Jordan Hicks and um, Danelle Ellerby. De, uh, Dion Lewis always a shaky and sneaky back. He breaks tackles so well. Um, Michael yeah. Kendricks, he, he's he's gonna have his hands full against him. Yeah, uh, and and that's one of the is Dion Lewis, and uh, who also can get out into the into the flat and uh, and is pass patterns too. So not only do you have you know at, um, oh come on, my mind just went blank. Oh, who you, who are you thinking of? I'm Andola. I couldn't think Amandola's of uh, Dan Dolan's name. And, and boy, Hunter, you got so much to look forward to when you get start getting a little bit older. Um, but no thanks. Uh, <laughs> but Andola, Brandon Cooks, and uh, uh, Dion Lewis, who can always slip into the flat, and then you got Rob Gronkowski. He's going to be back for this game. Oh man! So, <laughs> uh, and that's that's where you know again, you know it, it's going to take a lot because Malcolm Jenkins is probably going to draw the assignment on uh, mm-hmm. on uh, on Gronkowski, and and that's going to be a key or not. He's one of the leaders and tails for the Eagles, but you know. You're facing the you're facing a bowling ball every time he goes down the field, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out too. He's unguardable, Tom. That's what he is. No one can guard Rob Gronkowski. It's impossible. It can't be done. Can't be done. Well, you know you're supposed to be arguing uh, for the Eagles, the Eagles' ability to uh, to win this game. <laughs> I know, but I just I don't I don't think they'll be able to guard him. But Malcolm Jenkins, I think, is going to be on him, and I think he probably gives them their best shot. I'm not saying that's going to work though, because Rob Gronkowski torches everyone that guards him. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. But what I expect to see out of the Eagles' defense, they're probably they're going to rush with their four. Because, uh, yeah, you're talking about Fletcher Cox and, and one of the best best in the game. Mm-hmm. And Patriot, uh, Joe Thune, going to have, uh, you know, a, a, he's going to have headaches all game try, trying to contain Fletcher Cox. But, you know, you can also, the Eagles also have, you know, Brandon Graham, Vinnie Curry, and you got Chris Long who can come in off the bench and Derek Barnett. So you do have uh-huh. four guys who can uh, give, you know, make Brady's life a lot more difficult. And and that's the thing. Uh, you know, Von Miller came out this week and said that, you know, asked about how you beat Brady, and he says, pressure him. Put pressure on him. And, yeah, you can make Brady look like a 40-year-old quarterback that way. It's easier said than done. Their line blocks so well for him. I'd say they have probably a top three. uh, uh, What's the word? What's the word? A top three pass protection unit right up there with um, Pittsburgh's, honestly. Both those lines are outstanding. Brady usually doesn't get sacked that much, but – Eagles, the Eagles are going to have to make Brady uh, look like when he did against Denver two years ago when Denver just blitzed the ever-living heck out of Brady up in Denver. And he didn't do anything that game. I'll, I'll put it that way. He didn't really do much. Well, and you look at <clears throat> look at what the, the Falcons were able to do against the Patriots last year. Uh, the Falcons in For the second the quarter game. and into the third quarter were making Brady – and they were getting some outstanding pass rush on Brady. And yeah. how'd that work Brady out? looked what's that? How'd that work out for them, Tom? They lost. Well, the problem is is their offense they took their foot off again. Their offense started you know, their offense started going three and out. Their defense just ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. Uh at at some point you've got to get these guys off the field. So you know that's the main problem, and that's that's where it lost it for them uh, last year. Uh, along with the fact that you know they could have made the game a two-score game if they had just kicked that field goal and um, kind of sacked themselves out of a uh, out of field goal range <laughs> on, on that dress. Oh, but, don't get me started! Don't get me started. But the thing is, and that's another problem you have here with when you're the the Eagles and this is your first time in the Super Bowl. Um, and I know the Eagles have some players that have been in the in the Super Bowl, Torrey Smith, and uh, but you know that's you, you can have your foot on the Patriots' neck, but again, this is the strongest, this is the smartest team in football. You never see the Patriots panic. Um, and, and that's that's the problem when you're up there with a 28-3 lead, and you're looking across to the other sideline, and the other sideline they're they're calm, they're collected, and and you're thinking, what well, boy, what do they know that we don't know? And yeah, and, and that's, that's the other problem you have for the Eagles is, you know, going up big isn't enough. And and you got a quarterback again, Tom Brady, and I looked up the stats. Let me find them here real quick. 
Lifetime in the playoffs, eight fourth quarter comebacks and 11 game winning drives. So, you know, when you could do that on a regular basis, 11 game winning drives is more than most quarterbacks have in a regular career. And he's done that in the playoffs. So you're looking at a quarterback who can come back at you and proved it last year and come back at you from any point, any point in the so or any point of the game. So I'm I'm really nervous about uh, the Eagles' chances. Hang on, we're going to bring in a special caller right now. I've been on oh. hold and I, I missed them, but uh, we're going to bring him in right now. Caller, caller, what's your name and uh, and what's your comment? I think you know it's me, Tom. Oh, it's Dave. It's Dave. Oh, Dave. Now, my punishment is you kept, you kept me on hold for 10 minutes. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tom, that's rude. I was looking no, up the okay. I didn't have the screen in front of me. So. No problem, no problem. I, I just had a few points to support what you're saying. So, so you're all on the Patriots stealing a line from Chris Berman, our favorite, uh, <laughs> our, our favorite sportscaster, right? Um, our favorite, yeah, pro- yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Pro- He's pro- amazing. Focus. He's amazing. Oh man. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, a Pro Football Focus tweeted today, and, and I think this supports. Hunter's point about the pressure the Eagles need to put on on Brady. Uh, you know, there's not a small sample size of Brady performances in the Super Bowl. Uh, of the seven times he's been there, when the opposition is able to pressure Brady more than 40% of his dropbacks, they win the game. That's the two Giants games. And if it's less than 40% in pressuring him on his dropbacks, Tom Brady and the Patriots have won the game. So oh. maybe oversimplifying things a little bit, but uh, the pressure is going to be a huge part in, in in this matchup, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, Von Miller made that point, and, and that's how the Giants did it against a Brady. And I, I expect uh, Schwartz, uh, the defensive coordinator, to copy that strategy. You rush for you got to get pressure with that front four. And then if you drop seven, you make it very hard for Brady to go anywhere with football. Uh, it's Tom Brady, Tom. He finds a way almost all the time. <laughs> and, Except and Tom, when I'm, you rush him. That's true, yeah. Hunter, you're supposed to be arguing the Eagles here. <laughs> but if you if you blitz and, and you if you blitz like five and you drop six, I think that should probably be good enough too. You bring an extra rusher, blitz them. No, the key is not blitzing. The key is having the athletes to only blitz four. You know the Broncos had Von Miller. The Broncos had Von Miller. What if if I said if Fletcher Cox is the most valuable player of this game? It's because he's. He got the Brady regularly and kept the pressure on Brady, and that's how the oh, Eagles he, win. Oh yeah, he, he would. He it's because he will bulldoze the offensive line if, if he is right. the most valuable player. But and, the, and it's, Tom, almost I'm, like I'm, the, it's almost like the Eagles need Fletcher Cox to be the most valuable player this game. He's a, yeah, he, he, they do. That's correct. 
Well, Tom, I, I think you brought up a good point naming all of the guys they have on, on their defensive line, though. I'm talking about the Eagles. Brandon Graham led them in sacks with nine and a half. I, I think their best pass rusher might be the rookie, Derek Barnett. He had a big yeah, season, only five. What? I said, how did I not include him in my analysis? That was pitiful. I should have. <laughs> that was pitiful. I completely forgot. That's all right. Hey, I was. That's uh, all right. And and you, Chris Long as well has had a very good season and, and a good playoffs. So um, yeah. he had the play that turned the game around. Honestly, I, I know it was a thirty-eight to seven game or whatever, but the Vikings looked great at the beginning of the game, and, and Chris Long had the deflection on the interception that that was the pick six that got the ball rolling for the Eagles. So uh, all of those guys, it's not just Fletcher Cox. It's all it's those four guys really. You could throw Tim Jernigan in there as well, which. I don't understand why the Ravens gave him up for a, a late-round pick. He, he's been really yeah. good for the Eagles as well this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the ways, though, that New England gets around that off, uh, defensive line, and this has been a problem for the Eagles all year, is when a team goes up-tempo on them. Uh, when a team goes quicker to the 30 seconds on the clock. And, and the that's going to make it a little bit rougher on the Eagles because you're not going to be able to substitute some of these guys into the, into the mix and keep your defensive mm-hmm. lines fresh. John yeah. Daniels loves his no huddle. Well, the Patriots, and they like to do the muddle huddle where you kind of oh, take yeah. your offensive line, give them the, the, the call, you know, get your receivers to the line. You know, you, it, it's kind of like you're huddling with each position group then you go back and take the snap, and if it's still less than 30 seconds, and it, it makes life hell on a defense, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots do a lot of that this week, too. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I, 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 as we've kind of been alluding to, the, the Eagles don't have the Von Miller. They don't have the one pass rusher that can dominate the game. I know you're, you're playing up Fletcher Cox. He is a great player. Um, but I would say that they don't have the, their strength on the defensive line is their depth, and they won't be able to yeah. use that if if New England is using that that uh, quick tempo. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, I even I challenged Hunter to kind of argue the Eagles' case this this week, and, and he he did that. He came up with a lot of good information, but. When it comes right down to it, I think Hunter has been arguing the Patriots case too. I just, I can't, I just, I honestly, <laughs> this may seem like a hot take. I think this may be one of the worst Super Bowls we've seen in years. I mean that. I really do mean that. Uh, I think boy, this is yeah, one of the worst. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that hot take, but sure. <laughs> is it is it a hot take, Dave? Is it a hot take? It is. It's steaming hot, and it's too hot for me oh. to grab because oh, the damn. Patriots okay. don't oh. know how to play a blowout Super Bowl. They've been there seven times with Tom Brady. This They're all true. decided by like three points, except last That's year true. went to overtime. So yeah, I, I expect this to be a close game. It just it always is with New England. It'll I, I be a dramatic so. Super Bowl. I, I really do. I really do hope it's close. I hope it is, but I don't know. As I say, with Carson Wentz, and this is what a lot of people have been saying this week. With Wentz, I, I think this game is a lot. Uh, the commission of this game changes just dramatically, and 
the Eagles win with Carson Wentz starting. I'll say that I, I don't know with with oh. Nick Foles. Are, are you going to run into a situation like the Vikings did last week, where Case Keenum makes the case that he really isn't the quarterback because you know falling apart in the NFC Championship? Oh man, game. yeah, he he dumped he dumped the bed last week. That was bad. That was awful. So. Dave, you got uh, anything else uh, you want to chime in with on this game? No, I think you guys covered it very well. Um, you know, I, I I hope along with you guys, I think that uh, the Eagles can make it close. I, I guess the other thing that uh, I think you you kind of alluded to, Tom, is I, I'm curious to see what the Eagles do if they get a lead. I'm not sure they will. But if they get a 10-point lead and take it into the fourth quarter, you talked about how the Patriots' sideline is always very calm. I, I'm curious to see what the Eagles' sideline looks like because you have to, it has to creep into your mind a little bit, like what happened two weeks ago against the Jaguars, what happened last season in the Super Bowl. Um, yep. I, I know those were different teams, but the mental part of the game, I, I'm curious to see how the Eagles handle that because this team has not been to the big stage. The Patriots have been there lots of times in the last decade and a half. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we've gone a long ways into the show without taking a break, but uh, we're going to take a quick break. Dave, are you going to be able to hold on? Yeah, why not? I'll hold on. Don't okay. go back to work yet, Dave. Keep Stay with us throughout the rest of the show. Actually, we're going to bring in a caller real quick before we get uh, into our break because I think we got a Super Bowl comment. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, hey, Tom, this is Gary from Delaware. How are you? Gary, doing great. Great to have you this week. <laughs> hey, I got one question, and honestly, it's kind of hard to think of an angle with this Super Bowl that hasn't already been discussed over the last two weeks, but there is something I've been wondering about. Have you guys talked at all on this show since I la- missed the last five minutes about the fans, the Eagle fans or the Patriots? Oh, God. I uh, have not, but... <laughs> Don't get me started on both of those fan bases, Gary. It's, well, it's, I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily a big fan of, of either team. Kind of neutral, but um, our, uh, look, you guys are pretty much you know professional analysts of this game. And the <laughs> Eagles, as you know, the fans have a bad reputation, and I'll just leave it at that. From your guys' perspective, <laughs> are is that? ugly reputation deserved and what kind of reputation around the league do you think the Patriot fans have? That's my question. Um, I guess, I guess I'll start um, with this. Um, Uh, It sounds like you want to go first, Hunter. Thanks Dave. Yeah, (laughs) I I do. Um, As far as Eagles fans go, I definitely think uh, their reputation has been uh, earned. Um, I did uh, a couple weeks ago on Facebook. I shared a video, um, their fans, there was a couple of Vikings fans, they filmed uh, their reaction walking into the Eagle Stadium, and they were getting almost, like, stuff uh, thrown at them, uh, people just, like, swearing at them, just basically, like, talking. It was, like, ridiculous. They were, like, throwing beer bottles at them. It was, it was just pathetic. And, and you know, you have a whole thing I remember with Santa, they booed Santa Claus, I think, a long time ago. Um, I, I, I'd hate to see what they will do to Philadelphia if they pull this off tomorrow night. I don't think that city – it's probably going to take 10 years for that city to uh, uh, get back to normal. But I think it has been – there's been plenty of stories uh, throughout um, 
throughout the history of them of their fans just not being good people. Um, I, my family has a story about that. Uh, that will be shared at a, probably a later date. And then for Patriots fans, they're just insufferable. Yeah, insufferable is a great way to describe them. They're cocky. Um, uh, they're annoying, I think, is another word to describe them. Um, I went to um, – um, and now, you know, guys, it wasn't that long ago. I went, but I was back in high school, and um, every time I asked a Patriots fan who the quarterback was before Tom Brady, they did not know. So, uh, yeah, so uh, and some of a great deal, and we're probably bandwagon. They're just insufferable, and they just, you know, well, you know, our team's the best. It's just both of these fan bases just – it's really bad. I don't want to see either of them win, but it's uh, – Hunter – it hasn't ahead, been that long ago since you were in diapers. So, I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, you know, Patriots fans, well, yeah, they're insufferable. But, hell, it, it's a great team you're following. And, yeah. of, of course, you're going to be passionate about them. Uh, Eagles fans, I don't know if their reputation is fully earned. But oh. they are a passionate fan base. And... Uh, they they were rough on Vikings fans last week, and I I think that was uncalled for. So, but okay. you know yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens this week. Dave, what do you think of Eagles fans? I think passionate is a very <clears throat> nice way to put uh, what they are, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and I would I think that is a great way to describe them. But that is a very. Uh, um, nice way to say it. They uh, sometimes have the wrong type of passion and they go overboard. But yes, they do. Um, you you cannot you cannot deny that they are passionate. So uh, I I yeah, do okay. think that if there is any fan base in the league that deserves to finally win a Super Bowl, um, it, it is it is the the, the Eagles. Um, they've like they've uh, been around for a long time. They've been very loyal. And they've never won before. They haven't won a championship since 1960. So I think it is, it is about time that they experience it. Make Dick Vermeil proud this weekend. And Tom, I know Gary. Gary, welcome to call. And I hope that uh, answers your question. We do have to move on in the show. We have Nostra Thomas predicts, and we got to get some Hall of Fame talk. So, uh, but thank you for the call. Yes, thanks for the response. Good show. Take care. All right, take care, Gary. And Gary from Vermont, our regular caller and friend of the show, and great to always have him. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, as I say, the final Nostra Thomas predicts of the season, and we'll make our picks for the Super Bowl. Einstein and Moo is Jennifer Millius' exciting new children's book series about two black and white cats who are brother and sister and have great adventures. The first book, Einstein and the Leap, is all about playful Einstein. Suitable for children of all ages and cat lovers alike, Einstein and the Leap is a wonderfully written and illustrated book that will capture your heart. Buy your copy of Einstein and the Leap today at www.rsplaunchpad.com, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble Nook. And we're back on Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom along with Hunter Hodes and Dave Holcomb, who uh, joined the show, joined our Super Bowl discussion. We're going to do a quick segment of Nostra Thomas Predicts, because I still want to get to the Hall of Fame discussion a little bit. And 
I know we took a lot of time in the Super Bowl, but hey, Super Bowl weekend, what else are you going to do? This show is brought (laughs) to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. All right. Nostra Thomas predicts, guys. Uh, The spread opened with the Patriots favored by six. Uh, The Patriots are currently favored by four and a half. And the over-under is now 48.5 points. Uh, it's interesting because the public money has come in fairly evenly, but the point spread still dropped down to 4.5. And, and the rumor is that there's been a couple of multi-million dollar bets made on the Eagles this week. Uh, does that surprise what? either of you? What? Okay, you know, they're acting like BBA, not me. Make them BBA. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles cover the spread. Okay. Yeah, you know, and I was surprised to hear that that uh, there was that that kind of money uh got dropped on the Eagles uh by uh professional betters, but really considering all that we've said and everything that we covered in our previous segment uh, my prediction for this game, I got to say, take the Patriots and lay the four and a half. I really do not see the Eagles. I see this. I can see the game being close, but I can't see the Eagles winning this game. Hunter, what do you think? Well, for my final pick of the year, um, I will have to agree. Lord Emperor will have to agree with Tom. Um, take the Patriots minus four and a half. Um it's sad that I do think they are going to tie my Pittsburgh Steelers record, but maybe next year the Steelers will take back that record and go number seven. But take the Patriots minus four and a half, and I'm going to give you a little extra. Take the under forty-eight and a half points. That's two picks for a Lord Emperor okay. this weekend. Because guess what? I was going to take the under too. So you uh, are you're well, actually going to get two right, uh, Mister. Wow. Uh, Forced efficient Luke is actually going to fin- uh, is is going to finish on top. Uh, he's actually going to he's going to get the speeder out of the swamp this time. Uh, his the speeder out of the swamp. Well, so well, go ahead. So so <laughs> we got you. We're down. Uh, both are taking the Patriots minus four and a half, and we are. If you want to get that four and a half. Patriots money is starting to come in on this game. So if you want the four and a half, you better do it quick uh, because it might go back up to five or five and a half before the weekend's over. But we're going to look at a few, also a few of the prop bets because there's been some wild prop bets going on in this game. Yeah, you sent us 15 of them last night. (laughs) I sent a bunch of them to you last night. Uh, (laughs) Some of the more popular and and one that goes on every year is before – Pink is going to sing the national anthem this year, and oh. currently the over-under on her rendition of the national anthem is going to be two minutes. Uh, I want to know, over or under, guys, Pink, two minutes on the on the uh, national anthem. Over. Oh, Hunter has over. David, what do you think? I'll go under to be different. <laughs> you know the, the problem that everybody has with this one why it's been tough this year 
Pink has not done this before. Uh, so there's no baseline. You can't go on YouTube and find videos of her doing this. So nobody really knows how she's going to handle the anthem. And it's it's like it's like week one. We we have no research to go on. No research, nothing. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Sunday afternoon, if you're paying attention on Twitter, probably going to be some information coming out on uh, her rehearsals or sound check. And uh, might get a feel for how, how long it's going to take her to sing, but but uh, <laughs> that's we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, another prep bet on Pink is what hair, what color hair will be she be wearing when she comes out? Uh, white and blonde is her current color, and that's the favorite. But she's also a big Eagles fan. What color hair do you guys think she's going to come out with? What did I vote for last night? Pink? I got. Pink. I, got I can't remember. Okay, yeah. That's I, too I obvious. She's an yeah. Eagles fan. She's going to come out in green. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, here's one for you. What will be higher? Temperature at kickoff in Minnesota or total points scored in the first quarter? Total points. Points. Point, and considering point. the temperature at kickoff is probably going to be around eight, seven or eight. Um, will any scoring drive take less time than it takes Pink to sing the national anthem? So <laughs> looking about, is there going to be a, a less than two minute scoring drive by either team? Less yes. than two minutes. Yeah. At the end of at the end of the first half. Doesn't matter. Yes. Doesn't matter. Any time during the game. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'll say yes. Okay, because each team has done it once in each of their games so far this postseason. So uh, probably a good good uh, bet that uh, at some point there's going to be a less than two-minute scoring drive. Will Justin Timberlake, our halftime performer, since he's in Minneapolis, the hometown of Prince, is he going to cover Prince song at halftime? Um uh, Tom, I just saw a room. There's a uh, coming out leaked on ultimateclassicrock.com. There's going to be a hologram of Prince at, at, during the halftime show. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So then you get can expect Justin Timberlake's probably going to be singing along with Prince. Um, yeah, it, it sounds I, like it. Yeah, they said it looks like there's going to be a hologram. It, it's been rumored and leaked. Uh, be interesting, probably be creepy. I don't know. Holograms are creepy, but Prince did do one hey. of the greatest halftime shows of all time. So, so I, that mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. <clears throat> um, first team, you can also bet on the first touchdown, rushing, passing yards uh, per team or per player. Uh, who will be the the game's MVP? Uh, I'm going to give you one, a, a cross-sport bet, which which is always fun to do. Which will be higher, combined goals in the Knights-Capitals NHL game on Sunday or combined <laughs> quarterback sacks? Ooh, um, goals. Yeah, I was going to go goals, goals too. Goals. I, I think, think there might be time. a lot of goals in that Golden Knights-Capitals game tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, not as much as there was tonight, last night, Dave, when the the Penguins just lit them up. Well, yeah, huh? yes, that is true. Hopey cannot play against the Penguins. He cannot. That's that's a discussion for another time, though. 
<laughs> yeah, probably, we'll probably be doing a lot more NF, uh, NHL next week. So, But we're going to do mm-hmm. one more commercial break, come back for our Hall of Fame discussion. Uh, the 2018 class of the Hall of Fame will be announced later on today. Do you have a business, large or small, and you need some marketing help? Then RSP Marketing Services is the marketing firm you need, offering a wide variety of marketing services and consultations. RSP Marketing Services can build you a professional website, produce video or radio commercials, draft and distribute press releases, create printed marketing items such as business cards, flyers, signs, etc., manage your social media, and so much more. RSP Marketing Services offers an a la carte selection of marketing tools, so you only buy what you need. Our team of professional graphic artists can create stunningly professional marketing materials tailored just for you. See our website, www.rspmarketingservices.com, for more information. That's www.rspmarketingservices.com. And we're back on Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Pollan along with Hunter Hodes and Dave Holcomb. This show was brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe. That way you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. You can also find the show on Twitter at Weekend WKD Sports Huddle. Uh, So follow the show on Twitter. And you can also follow us on Facebook at uh, Weekend Sports Huddle. So give us a like and join the conversation. All right, we've got 15 modern era players, two senior committee nominees, one contributor. And a total of eight can go in, and up to five modern era candidates can go in. So let's look at the contributor first. Bobby Bethard, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with him, Hunter, but uh, probably uh, one I, of the I, best I, general managers in the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, Tom, I had never heard of him. Never heard of him. Oh, God. Uh as a player personnel guy, built helped build uh, Miami's two great teams. Uh, was Washington Redskins uh, general manager during their uh, big years. Uh, turned the Chargers into a winner. I mean, this is this is the guy who turned the Chargers into a winner. Uh, to me, this is a no-brainer. He's going in. Dave, what do you think? Um, I, I agree with you. I think he is a. Uh a Hall of Famer. I, I'm not familiar with him as much as some other guys either, Tom, I have to admit. Okay. See? See? Right. Dave but but the side. resume you just laid out, <laughs> turning the Chargers into a winner, I mean, you're, you're a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. If you can turn the L.A. Chargers into a winning team, you deserve to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, point blank. Yep. So I would say, yeah, he's going in. Two senior committee uh, candidates. Uh, first one is Robert Brazil, uh, linebacker, played 1975 to 1984 for the Houston Oilers, uh, named to the NFL's all-decade team of the 1970s. And admittedly, it's been a while. Uh, it's it's been a while since a senior committee uh, nominee has not gone into the Hall of Fame. It's been 2009, Claude Humphreys. So. I, I would think uh, Brazil. Then you got Jerry Kramer, who's one of the greatest names of all time, uh, anchor for the offensive line for the Lombardi era Packers. Uh, made the key block in the Ice Bowl in the 1967 NFL Championship game. 
Uh, named to the NFL's 50th anniversary team. The only member of the 50th anniversary team who is not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, NFL All-Decade team of the 60s. He's been endorsed by just about every defensive tackle, Hall of Fame or otherwise, that he's played against. All his Packers teammates endorse him. He has not been a senior category uh, member since 1997. And it's about damn time Jerry Kramer goes into the Hall of Fame. So I suppose you, no, you summed you summed it up. Argue with me. Any argument. <laughs> uh, listeners, Tom is a Bears fan and he's arguing steadfast for a Packers offensive guard. I think that right there is uh Yeah. Shows you how much <laughs> he really cares about Kramer going into the Hall of Fame. He definitely deserves to go in. You know, yeah. and I recommend both of you read this book. It's called Instant Replay. Uh, it's Jerry Kramer's book of the 1967 season. <clears throat> and he takes you inside the Lombardi locker room and, and probably is the, the definitive look at Lombardi's locker room and how Lombardi did his business. Uh, and just an outstanding book. And, and I recommend that to both of you. Uh, but mm-hmm. Jerry Kramer also was a place kicker, uh, Field in place kicking duties, especially the 63 when uh, Paul Horning was uh, uh, suspended for a year uh, because of uh, hanging out with gamblers, uh, was accused of uh, gambling on football games. He didn't deflate so, any balls? <laughs> no, did not deflate any balls. But uh, okay. right. Jerry Kramer better go in this year. Uh, modern era finalists, we got a bunch and I listed them out here in the rundown. Uh, I got five who I think are going to go in. Uh, Tony Baselli, I think, is going to go in. And he would be the first Jaguars player. He'd tackle for the Jaguars. Uh, Isaac Bruce is on the ballot, but, you know, you're on the same ballot with Randy Moss and Terrell Owens. And I just can't see Isaac Bruce making this uh, because Randy Moss is the first ballot. And I think he deserves to go in. Terrell Owens is, this is his third time as a finalist. And you know, Terrell Owens has only not gotten in because of his reputation with the press, but he's one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play. It's such such a, it's such a travesty that he's not in yet. He's one of the best I've ever seen live, even though his celebrations were absolutely hilarious. I mean, oh, my gosh. But you know what? His reputation to the media should not be a reason that someone as talented as him should not be in the Hall of Fame. That's a joke. I agree with you. He should be in this year. He should be in along with Randy Moss. And I have um, my other two, uh, Ray Lewis going in. not a Ray Lewis fan by any stretch, but um, you know he's one of the best middle linebackers to uh, play. I always loved seeing him go against uh, Big Ben, and it was always like a chess match. Uh, Brian Ornodocker is going to get in. Tom, I know how much you love him. Um, I think you, Tom will remember very well that Jerome Bettis trucked the daylight out of him <laughs> in a game that I'm the oh. of the world. Oh, gorgeous. Oh, wow. Yeah. Erlocker had some of the best side-to-side speed of any linebacker, mm-hmm. was a great pass defender at linebacker, too. And 
definitely okay. deserves to go into the Hall of Fame. So I'm going to say that just just up front. Uh, Dave, do you uh, any other uh, candidates you think might go in this season? Alan I want to just mention. Uh, well, no, unfortunately, I don't think Alan Fanick is getting in this year. Oh, um, one other guy I'm, I'm going to mention is Brian Dawkins. I think he's got a, an outside chance. I think Lewis Moss, Under Owens, and Erlacher are shoe-ins. And I'm just curious to see who that fifth guy is. It could be Dawkins. It could be Rosselli. I, I think those are the two front runners. I think Steve Hutchinson at guard is also another guy that I think will get in yep. ahead of Fanica. Fanica is kind of waiting for Hutchinson to get in, kind of like you mentioned with Isaac Bruce. Bruce is waiting for Moss and Owens to get in, and then I think Bruce will get in as well. Yeah. Dawkins was yeah. very underrated. I remember watching him in his prime throughout my childhood. He, he was awesome. My problem with safeties is that I believe Steve Atwater should go in ahead of either one of them. But that's an argument for another time, too. But, you know, I, I don't – you know, ahead of Dawkins and ahead of uh, John Lynch, uh, I don't think mm-hmm. Steve Atwater's gotten the consideration that he deserves. Me, me either. And uh, and Tom, I think we'll have to um, hit on trashing the Redskins next week for that catastrophic failure of a trade that this 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 past week. What an awful move! Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about that next week. Uh, especially since it's the quarterbacks, and one of the quarterback dominoes has now fallen. So, yep. and, mm-hmm. and it's set off uh, repercussions throughout the league. Um, Dave, anything else you want to add about the Hall of Fame? I agree with you. Alan Fanica is going to go in, but... I really, I really want him to go in this year, but he won't. One of the things about this year that I wanted to bring up is the Hall usually only puts in one wide receiver per year, or even if they put in a wide receiver. So I'm wondering if yeah. Owens is still going to end up waiting. That That's a, a very good point. Uh, that could very well happen. I think that's uh, another storyline that I'm watching for tonight as well, is will they right. put in two wide receivers? I think they got to. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a log jam at, at wide receiver, or there's going to start to be a really bad log jam there. We talked uh, with John Parado last week about the log jam in baseball, and they've started letting yeah. in three, four guys into their classes mm. to try and solve that. I think this year they got to let in two wide receivers to alleviate some of that log jam. It's time. Yeah, I would and, agree. Uh, and, yeah, sooner or later, Heinz Ward's going to be a finalist, guys. I mean, he can't crack the finalists yet, but sooner or later he's going to be knocking on that door, I think. Yeah, him and, and Steve Smith, and uh, there yeah. are other guys like exactly. that that are probably Hall of Famers, but they weren't as good as Randy Moss or Terrell Owens. So, or I think no, no. so, uh, all those guys going first. Uh, Moss and Owens are in another universe. Let's just put it yes. that way. Uh, if they don't both yes. get in tonight, I will be very upset. So will I. Uh, that's all the time we have today for Weekend Sports Huddle. Uh, listen in next week for another edition. We'll probably be discussing what happened at the Super Bowl tomorrow uh, with yeah. Dave Holcomb, Hunter Hodes. Uh, this is Tom Pollan. Look forward to talking to you next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio, WRSP Radio, and have a great week, everyone.